Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to episode number 288 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm super excited to be back in your earbuds again this week. And I'm really excited about today's episode. So if you are listening either on the day that I release this episode, or maybe a few days after, and you are living in the US, you might have celebrated or are celebrating Thanksgiving. So if you are happy Thanksgiving, But whether or not you are celebrating Thanksgiving, I find that this time of year often kicks off just a really tricky season of life for folks who are uncoupled. Um, I know for me, when I was single, it just seems like the holidays is when, you know, engagements just like completely littered my newsfeed. And then all of the couples would come out of the woodwork and start doing like cute holiday things together. And it was just really not fun. It was a really hard time. And so if you can relate to that, if that's been the case for you during the holidays in the past, or you're afraid it might be you this holiday season, first, I just want you to know you're not alone. It's totally normal. And the reason that I wanted to have this specific episode on today, which might feel like weird because it's like Thanksgiving and it's not really a Thanksgiving theme topic at all, but I wanted to have this episode because This episode, my conversation with Monica is really just about remembering who you are and bringing forth the divine feminine and spirituality to dating, to your relationships, and really, most importantly, the relationship that you have with yourself. 
You know, for me, one of the things that is most profound, the more that I've dived into my own spiritual practice, is it's this remembering of who I am and and where I've come from, but also just like this remembering of like, I am of the earth. And what that means in layman's terms is, you know, I can do my meditations. And I talk about this in my conversation with Monica, but I can do my meditations and I can journal and I've set myself up in a way to where I can see this big tree outside of the window. And this tree really just follows the season. It's just like a classic tree in the Northeast. It turns a bright red in the fall, then the leaves fall in the winter, and then like it sprouts flowers in the spring. And then it's like big and green in the summer. And then like the whole thing happens all over again. And so what this reminds me of is that That's really, yes, the cycle of the moon. It's the cycle of your hormones if you are menstruating. This is a pattern, a cycle that we see over and over again. But I also find it's a pattern of our emotional body. You know, like we're not always meant to be happy and like have these summery kinds of feelings all the time because that's not really possible. That would be weird. And plus, we know what happiness is because we know what sadness is. We learn through contrast. And so it's normal and natural to go through periods of our life that feel a little bit more wintry, that has more uncomfortable emotions. And I feel like we just live in this world where we have to be happy all the time. And that's freaking exhausting. And so I wanted to have Monica on the show because I wanted to talk about how patriarchy and the politics of it all and religion and spirituality and our own practice and dating, they all intersect together. And so we have this really fascinating conversation about how you just remembering who you are and remembering that you don't have to be like this good girl, or you don't have to fit yourself into this box of being, you know, the mother or the maiden or the virgin or the pretty girl or whatever you know, in order to be lovable or likable to to men or really to to anyone. So I hope this episode helps you to, or maybe not helps you, but inspires you to build some sort of spiritual practice if you haven't already, or maybe deepen the one that you already have. Because, you know, if you do have a tendency to feel a little bit more down around the holiday season or just in the darker, colder months of the year, just one, to know that's normal and natural, again, seasons of life, but also just to, you know, serve as inspiration to build a spiritual practice to help with those, you know, more sticky times in life. You know, sometimes it's easier, I find, to do the, you know, the things that are good for us, like the journaling and meditation and all that kind of stuff when we're feeling good. It's like, oh yeah, everything's flowing. Everything is, you know, in ease or whatever. But sometimes it's, really where the rubber meets the road is like, can you still do those practices when like, you just want to watch TV or when you just want to drink a whole bottle of wine or whatever, you know, your vice is. And, and I find that's when our spiritual practice and our relationship with ourselves can really blossom, can, can really grow. It doesn't mean that all the uncomfortable feelings are going to go away overnight, but I do think that is ultimately the path to healing and to our growth. And, you know, actually, before Monica and I started recording, she was almost like, do you want to reschedule this? Because I was telling her how the day I'm recording, this has actually been a little bit of a difficult day. I don't know if you can hear, but I'm under the weather for like the millionth time. You know, I didn't get sick at all during COVID because like everyone was isolating themselves, you know, so I just I didn't get a cold or anything, not even a sniffle. And then we started sending my son to daycare in June. And I think I've lost count, but I think this might be like the fifth time I've been sick. And this is, I'm recording this early November. So 
yeah, it's just so that like I'm a little under the weather. I feel fine, but I'm just completely congested. And uh, just a really timed stamp when I'm recording this. Uh, today is the day after the elections. And so obviously a huge bummer. I mean, that's like an understatement in Virginia. And then at the time I'm recording this, we don't even know which person won the New Jersey governorship, which is really disappointing. I'm, you know, I'm in New Jersey. And so there's that. And then, you know, Marshall just had one of those days where I don't know, he woke woke up on the wrong side of the the crib. And and so Monica was like, "Do do you want to reschedule this? We can totally reschedule this. And, you know, I was like, you know, actually, I think because you know, when I came home after dropping Marshall off at school, you know, I came home and yeah, I, I watched a little bit of the Bachelor episode or the Bachelorette episode that I missed the night before. But then I just came up into my, our room and sat down in front of my, you know, my candles, my journals, like all the magical tools that I have. And I just, I use my tools to reground myself and remember that I'm, you know, supposed to be alive in this moment and I'm supposed to be Marshall's mom and, you know, all of these things. Like I used my tools basically and was really able to get to a much better place. So I don't know, in my mind, I guess I'm sharing this because for me, this is just an anchor for when things feel a little wonky. And so if things are feeling wonky for you right now, or again, you tend to have some, you know, what is that season affective disorder or whatever, I hope this episode can inspire you just to, you know, find some of your own practices and tools, especially as it relates to spirituality, divine feminine, all that stuff and remembering who you are. And I think you'll find it really interesting of how it like intersects with politics and patriarchy and all that kind of good stuff. Anyways, that went way longer than I meant to, you know, talk about the about our conversation with, but I just, like I said, I have so much to say. I just am fascinated. I think I find it so, so, I don't know incredible, incredible work. Um, Anyways, but the other really big announcement that I have is I wrote a book. I actually wrote the book two years ago. And then my fear and my nerves got to me. And, you know, I had pretty much a complete manuscript. And it just sat in my Google Drive collecting, you know, internet virtual dust. So about a month ago or so, you know, to tie this back to, um, you know, spiritual practice, Uh, I got a message in my meditation that it's time to let it out into the world. So I cleared a day to read through the manuscript to see if I still thought it was good. And it, it is, it was, it is still really good. You know, I read through it. I laughed. I cried. It reads a little bit like a meditation on spiritual dating, a little bit like a memoir um, with definitely a hefty side of like, all right, let's get down to business and do the thing. So the book is called You Are Meant for Love, and it'll be available for pre-orders in January with a release date in February. And if you know you want to purchase the book either as an ebook or in physical form, I want you to go to veronicagrant.com forward slash book to sign up for the waitlist. Because when you sign up for the waitlist, one, I will send you a PDF copy of the book's introduction so you can whet your appetite for the full thing. And you'll be the first to know when the book is available for purchase on pre-order. And this is important because when the book is available for pre-order, I'm giving away a bunch of fun prizes, including coaching with me and everyone who pre-orders the book and submits their receipt uh, to show that you've bought the book will be invited to attend my new workshop called Decoding Your Relationships. And this is actually a paid workshop. So you get to come for free uh, if you buy the book. Uh, The 
workshop itself is going to go for $49 a ticket. And the book is obviously a lot less than that. So this is a really great deal. So to get on the wait list, again, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash book. I will be sharing a lot more about it, both like the mental emotional process of creating a book baby and all of that kind of good stuff later on. Just want to let you know right now that this is going to be coming your way. And I'm just really so excited for you to get your hands on it. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash book. And with that, let's get on to my conversation with Monica. Hi, Monica. Welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you. Hey, Veronica. It's so great to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. Um, I tend to mumble sometimes. And so when people ask me what my name is, they often think I'm saying Monica. (laughs) (laughs) I always love to meet a fella Ica, you know, it's like Monica, Veronica, Harmonica. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. funny. So it's like, obviously my name's not Monica, but it feels like I have a good friend, Veronica, who is actually the same name as mine, but she comes onto the podcast fairly often to do a little astro update. So, but even though obviously your name is not Veronica, I still feel like it's like the same thing. Like I'm, it's like the same name here, but I'm like, no, Veronica, your name is not Veronica. It's Monica. (laughs) (laughs) I feel the same when I have like, like Valerie's, Vanessa's, Victoria, especially Victoria's like, yeah, it's called. Those names. You know what my thing is, is like, I never meet other Monica's ever. So, you know, the closest I get is actually like Veronica. So I've been, yeah, I've very, yeah, when I think rarely. of Monica, I think of friends. I think that's, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know if I know any other Monica's. I mean, I'm sure I've come across another Monica in my life, but like, yeah. But now you'll never forget <laughs> <laughs> this Monica. Just kidding. <laughs> Well, I'm super excited to have you on the show. And we met probably a month or two back. We had like a little chat about me coming on to your show. And of course, we'll put that episode in the show notes here as well, just so folks can listen to that. But you shared a little bit about yourself. And I was like, oh my God, my audience needs to know Monica as well. <laughs> so Yay. I'm super excited that you're that you're here. So can you just yeah. Can you just introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are? Sure. So who I am, gosh, I would start by saying I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a mom, right? I have pretty much, I would say, had my hands in two pies for the past 12 years. On the one hand, I'm a digital marketing consultant. And on the other hand, where my passion has been is really around empowering women, really around the return of something I call the divine feminine, which I believe is happening in the world right now. It's actually related to my work in something I call the Revelation Project. And I have a podcast, but in talking about the divine feminine, I'm not really... Part of what I'm also doing here is kind of reclaiming the word revelation from like biblical times because I I grew up as a Catholic, right? But I I didn't get until I was like much older that there was a huge difference between spirituality and religion. And I I was really, really resistant to so many of the teachings of the church growing up. And I think so many women and men for that matter, are raised or enculturated 
to really conform to a way of being that often isn't aligned with who they truly are. And that was what I found was that I, I was really wearing all of these masks of convenience in order to be loved, in order to be, in order to belong. Right. And in doing so, I was constantly having to betray myself, you know, in order to have that happen. And I got to a point in my life where I was so tired and exhausted and honestly sick. I was very ill from doing that, from betraying myself for so long. And, you know, I ended up having what I now know was kind of a dark night of the soul, but what it looked like was a complete and utter nervous breakdown and depression in bed for nine months. And I I only laugh because it was so extreme. It was like, that's like my coping mechanism, you know, is sometimes to, to just find the, the laughter in it. Cause as I look back, you know, it was, that's actually an important part of it. Like I had taken life and myself so seriously. I had no levity. I had no laughter. It was like, I had just forgotten how to see the other part of life, right? It's like we we are human, but we're also spiritual. We're also divine. We are these spiritual beings having a human experience. And so my work is really about helping women connect to that deeper knowing and that eternal self that is so wise and always there to give us guidance if we're willing to listen, if we're willing to start getting quiet, if we're willing to say yes to the mess, which is something I often talk about. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned a few things that I want to unpack. I wanted to start from the very basics. So I'm sure that many people listening have probably seen around the Instagram universe or the podcast universe, this idea of the divine feminine, um, maybe even something along the lines of like, the divine feminine is rising or coming back or whatever. So can we just start with talking about what is this? What is the divine yeah, feminine? Like, what the heck does that mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's so many ways that I could describe this, but what I first want to, what I first want to say about it is that as a, you know, gendered female, right. Being born into the world, my only understanding of God or source, like I don't care really what you want to call it, like our creator, energy, whatever it is to you. My only experience of that, of knowing that was like from a male perspective, everything was about this male God. And if you'll notice, it's his story, not her story. It's, you know, we, we grow up in a world and the feminine face of the divine is hidden from us. And it actually creates what I call the trance of unworthiness in a lot of women, because when we can't see it, we can't be it. And when we're, when we're constantly being told that, you know, again, this is depending on how you are raised, but I was raised in a church that where women couldn't be priests, where women were relegated to certain roles and still are that there are a lot of biblical stories that point back to you know women as inferior and then that also gets played out in our culture like 
you know, death by a thousand tiny paper cuts. And so what happens is as little girls grow into, you know, adolescent girls, they actually start to experience a tremendous amount of confusion and pain because what happens is we start to, those messages start to permeate us. And so let me give you some examples. We, even as adult women today, we see how the beauty industry is constantly trying to fix us, is constantly trying to, you know, like have us rain war on our own bodies. Like there's always something about us that is not acceptable. It's like, or doesn't smell right or doesn't look right. Or, you know, it's like this constant messaging that I believe fractures us and it makes for a very painful existence inside of a human body because women are entirely, we are so intuitive and we're so extra sensory or so extra, <laughs> uh, but I mean that in the best way possible. And so when I talk about the divine feminine, what I talk about are all of these energies that have been suppressed in the world. They've been suppressed really for centuries. When we think of a patriarchal society, I'm not talking about, you know, men when i talk about the patriarchy what i'm talking about is a system that benefits a f- you know a small percentage of people yep. and really where you know everybody else is and especially women are oppressed or suppressed and yep. so as these energies come back to the world and women are reconnecting in a spiritual way to our birthright which is to know ourselves as both human and divine, I think what we're finding is that the feminine is an entirely different energy and that, you know, that there's this whole deeper understanding that another, that the other half of God is the goddess, right? And yet to me, the goddess was as mythical as a unicorn, but yet Right. But yet a male God was something that we should all, you know, be praying to. I just found that so interesting. Right. And again, it doesn't matter if you call this energy or source, everything has an opposite. And what I'm positing here is that we have completely forgotten about the feminine side of everything, which is why our world is so out of harmony, out of balance. Yeah. Um, gosh, there's so many, so many things. I, one thing I just want to add to, to what you're saying is like, you know, the beauty industry is a really wonderful example when we're so, it's almost like we're being made to chase our own tails because it's like, don't get old. But if we can tell that you've used Botox, we're going to judge you for it. You know what I mean? And so no matter what you do, you can't win. And so it's just like a wild goose chase chicken with the head cut off, like whatever image you, you want to use. And I really think that there's, I mean, that is, that is systematized, right? Because like, if we're trying to do this and not do that and look this way and act this way, then we forget who we are and we forget the power that we have. And when you forget who you are and when you outsource your power to either men in your life or the church or whatever, or whoever, online dating, tender, whatever, (laughs) then you're left powerless or at least with less power. 
right? And then that obviously allows the system of patriarchy to persist. And so for what I'm what I'm hearing from you is that the divine feminine is almost just like a re-remembering. Like, and I, I've been doing a lot of um in my own work recently, I've been doing a lot of reading into like Mary Magdalene and Mother Mary. Now, my background, I'm not Catholic. I was raised Jewish. I'm married into an Orthodox Jewish family. My husband and I are not Orthodox, but we definitely are very much practicing. And I have just been fascinated by looking at all these feminist perspectives of stories we've been told for like forever. Um, I got my undergrad and master's degree in Middle Eastern studies. And so I remember like reading some feminist Islamic texts in college and grad school. And that kind of got me interested in like feminist Jewish texts. And then recently I've been more interested in um, Christian feminist texts. And what's so interesting, something I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on that I've just read about is like, so you have like mother Mary, who is the mother of, of Jesus. And then you have Mary Magdalene who was portrayed or is portrayed as like the whore or the prostitute or, or whatever, but was probably likely the, you know, the lover of Jesus and as well as the first apostle. Right. Right. And so, yes, yes. And so what's interesting is like, what's being set up here is like, if you're a woman, you have two choices because these are basically the only women, you know, it's either you're, you're the virgin, which is ideal or you're the whore. And there's not a lot of option. And that's just these two archetypes. And that's pretty much what it is. And this isn't Christianity or any sect of Christianity that I'm critiquing. It's the interpreters and the people who basically like not really whitewashed, but like male washed, patriarchy washed, you know, all of these, these texts. And when you think about it from that perspective, it's like, oh my God, like what can I actually, whether or not you're a Christian, whether or not you, you know, believe or what you believe in, it's like, what can I learn from from, I don't know. I just find it so fascinating, so incredibly fascinating. Anyway, so I'm curious to hear your reactions and your thoughts. Well, it is it is fascinating, but what's so hopeful about these times is that I want to go back to, um, I'm assuming you, you've read or are reading Mary Magdalene Revealed. Is that what you... I haven't. No, I haven't read her. I know who you're talking about, Megan Watterson. So I've been yes, working with her. Yes, so good. Her okay. I love her okay. deck. So yeah, I've got her deck as well. So let me let me kind of create more context then for the listeners here. So so what Veronica is pointing to is yeah, what I call like the double bind. It's like we're either not enough or too much, right? There's always kind of these very limited choices, limited roles, limited archetypes. And archetypes and mythology are so important. Like I didn't get how important archetypes or mythology was until I was in my late 30s. And I'm not talking about the mythology. I mean, yes, to some of the mythology that they teach you in history, right? Like I grew up learning some Greek mythology. But for women, the mythology that we have this lineage and this rich library of mythology that we don't know about. We yeah. also have what you were pointing to earlier is a rich history of texts from feminist writers who from the beginning really of, you know, ever, I don't know if you've read the book, The Goddess and the Alphabet, but when women finally did start reading and writing from as early as then is when you start seeing feminist texts 
really starting to break down the patriarchy. And what has not worked in our favor, of course, is that this information, there's not been like a central repository or like an easy way for women to access this information. Like unless you were majoring in feminist studies, and even then there are very limited programs for women. And I've got to think that this is by design. Okay. And this is where we start really recognizing that there is systematic oppression for a reason. And the more that women, it's like that, that quote, dangerous women read Well, dangerous women also listen to podcasts that, (laughs) that, right. That talk about these things, because one of the great hopes that I have is more and more women are waking up to this and more and more women are creating. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Content like you and I, that are telling our history. And there's a great podcast as well called Breaking Down Patriarchy, which actually is creating a central repository and kind of almost like a book study group of all of these various texts. And her goal, Amy Alabast is the creator of that, but her goal is to create this so that women can stop reinventing the wheel because there's so many ways that these texts are disparate. They're all out there, but like, there's no way for us to know how to get our hands on all of them and get a bigger picture of what this is all about. So to go back to what you were pointing to with Mary Magdalene, the really interesting thing is that the patriarchalized mythology of Mary Magdalene was that she was a prostitute, a whore, like what better way to denigrate Jesus's, you know, first apostle who was female than to actually make her into a prostitute, right? Right, right? Now, that that wasn't true and the evidence that had been buried thank goddess by monks who actually recognized that it was when the Roman empire really is is where all of this subjugation and oppression of all things feminine really started which is when you started seeing all of the obliteration of the goddess culture right mm-hmm. it's like i didn't even know there was such a thing as goddess societies and cultures and that that people worshiped the goddess right. like i didn't even know that that was a thing, right? In fact, when people mentioned the word goddess up until I was in my late forties, I would cringe yeah, because that was like, that was such a representative of like the internal misogyny. I think we're all, we're all unconsciously taught to 
look at the anything feminine or goddess related as weak or woo-woo or soft or you know unreliable it's so strange right how we get yeah. enculturated to think this way yeah. but what i've recognized is that as the truth literally comes out of mother earth literally becomes unearthed so too is the divine feminine coming back to our consciousness, returning to our consciousness. When we talk about the divine feminine returning, it's not like we're looking for her out there. Where she's coming back to is to our consciousness, to our bodies. We're literally, like you said, Veronica, remembering. Yeah. Yeah. And just for those, those listening to make it, you know, super like, I don't know, tangible, practical, like this is, I mean, yes, this is a talk about spirituality and religion and male washing and everything, but also whether or not you consider yourself spiritual or religious or what religion you ascribe to. The fact is, is that we live in a Judeo Christian society. A lot, most of us, most people listening, maybe not everyone, but most people listening. And so this affects the culture that we live in. And so again, whether or not you believe in the story of Mary Magdalene or mother Mary, whatever, those two archetypes still play out really strong. And all you have to do is like just read the comments on Instagram or, exactly. or on on Twitter or people.com or what whatever and and see the way that women are talked about in the media versus the way that men are talked about. I um, just saw I just saw this great I think it was like it was like every news channel was featuring recently Angelina Jolie and her daughter beside her and like what she was wearing, right? And focusing on her beauty and the dress she was wearing. And like, I was like, seriously, like, what, why, what are we, like, why is this news? Why is this important? How is this relevant? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And one of my, I don't know if it's a favorite's the right word, but I think one of the strongest example is the so-called Monica Lewinsky scandal. Yes. And it's like there's Bill the Clinton. other Monica we were thinking of. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bill Clinton. I mean, yeah. If you were to like, say like, okay, what's the first thing that comes to mind? You think of Bill Clinton, you know, you might think of Monica Lewinsky at some point, but you might also think of a lot of other things, but like, you cannot separate Monica Lewinsky from the Monica Lewinsky scandal. I mean, the thing is called her name, even though I don't know, I think it was Bill Clinton who broke the law. And, and- um, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, and so this just, so this is true on the macro level for sure, but it's also true on the micro level and it happens everywhere. And I think that, you know, we can decide like, oh crap, well now I'm really screwed. Or you can just be aware of it. Remember, remember that there are many, many more feminine archetypes and way to be feminine and ways, ways that you can infuse the spirituality into your daily life, which we'll talk about in a minute, but that you just don't have to play those roles if you don't want to play or play by those roles if you don't want to play by those roles anymore. Mm-mm. Well, and what I would really point to Veronica is like the symptoms of like what um, Dr. Valerie Ryan calls patriarchy stress disorder yeah. is right. Is the, the symptoms are women who are overwhelmed, exhausted, confused, repressed. Yeah. Right. Like there's so many symptoms of having been patriarchalized. And we don't even realize that there's language for this, that, that women ha- 
like Dr. Valerie Ryan and so many have started articulating and putting language around some of this stuff to help women to really start to heal and remember who we were before we were enculturated, before we were taught to see ourselves as unworthy or as broken or as needing validation from someone out there. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about how we can, like what this looks like practically, but before we do that, I just want to share a quick little anecdote. Um, So when I was pregnant, we found out if we were having a, um, we found out the sex of the baby, if we were having a male or a female. And of course people would always ask. And next time I, if we have another baby, I will definitely not share. It'll just be private information between my husband and I. And the reason is because I would tell people that I was having a boy and the reactions that I got like blew my mind. They're like, oh, just be grateful you're not having a girl. Boys are so much easier. Girls are just so much drama. And like 99% of the time, it was women saying this to me, like probably 100% of the time, actually. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'll leave 1% just in case I forgot another person. But I just couldn't believe it. Like I, w- I was just like, oh my God, this is like, this is like internal, you know, internalized misogyny. misogyny. Like, it is. It was crazy crazy to me. I I couldn't believe it. I don't know. I I just feel like once you start learning about this stuff, you just see it everywhere. And and it just, for me, at least it just, okay, I got to double down on on this work. So anyways, I just wanted to share that quick little thing. So let's talk a little bit about, okay, so we're talking about like, okay, there's this reawakening, this re-remembering of who we are, bringing back the divine feminine. What does that actually look like? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's actually really I think it looks different for every woman and and right there that's the feminine. Just mm. finding your own way. Allowing is feminine. Allowing yourself space to find your own way. It's like even with that I can breathe, right? Like I can breathe again. <sighs> right. Um Right. Allowing, creating space, resting. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing more levity, play, nurturing. These are all feminine qualities. Being present in a lot of ways, the breath, right? Like I, I don't know about you, Veronica, but there was a time in my life that I stopped breathing. I had air hunger all the time. Mm-hmm. I was like a shallow breather. And in Hebrew, I think the breath is known as rush, right? Mm-hmm. It's the spirit mm-hmm. that's feminine. You know, when we stop breathing, when we've lost our spirit is when, you know, we cease to exist as a spiritual being. Yeah. Yeah. So the breath, being mindful, all of these can, you know, now again, we, we need, we love, we want the masculine. Like I have men in my life. I love the men in my life. I love the boys in my life. What I'm talking about is the masculine that's gotten hyper-masculinized or amplified in a way that's not helpful is the aggression, 
the hectic pace, the do, do, do without the be, right? It's like finding ways. I always think of like the infinity sign. And when the masculine and the feminine energy is really integrated within us is when we kind of start noticing, oh, I'm shifting now. Like I'm too much doing. I've got to be still, right? And just be more mindful, slow down, right? It's, it's figuring out how to harmonize ourselves with our own lives. And then the beauty of doing that work on the inside is then that translates to the outside world. I want to take a quick pause here to remind you that if you haven't already, you've got to block out an hour on your calendar and check out my workshop, the five step strategy to banish anxiety and overwhelm in your love life so you can attract a fulfilling partnership and live a life of purpose. It's completely free. And in the workshop, I break down exactly why you're in the dating pattern you're in, how to take the confidence you feel in the rest of your life and apply it to your dating life and so much more. If you like my style, philosophy, and how I coach women on the show, this workshop will help you get started in your own deep work. And for those of you who want to understand the why behind what I do on the show, I even dig a bit into the science of love so you can start to see real change in your own love life. It's really all my best work in one place and you can access it right now. I strongly believe you don't have to spend years in therapy or read every dating self-help book to dramatically transform your love life. Grab your seat over at veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop. And now back to the show. I think for me, and I don't know if this is true for you, but for me, the centerpiece, I guess I could say of bringing in my spiritual practice is definitely like, it's not necessarily my morning routine anymore since having a baby, but having some sort of, you know, space, 15, 20 minutes where I don't really have like a set routine because I would be like too structured, but like usually there's some meditation, there's some journaling, there might be some tapping, definitely draw some cards. And and it's just for me to kind of just like get curious and check in and not really have an agenda. And I have it right next to our my our space where I do this, right next to our window. And I really love it because now that we live in the Northeast, like the leaves change. And so I can just be reminded of like what season um, we're in, which helps me to think about what season of life I might be in and just kind of notice how my energy is either similar or not similar to whatever the energy of the season is that's going on outside. And I think that I really like when you talked about the breath, because it really can be, I don't want to oversimplify it, but I also don't want to make it like rocket science because it's not either. But I do think there is something like just really powerful in when you're feeling triggered or when you're feeling like, I want, the, I want this person to text me back, or I want to know, or I want to tell this person how I feel, or I want to know how they feel or whatever, just to like, take a breath to center yourself. And then just to ask yourself, like, what is it that you really need in this moment? And then That's take right. the action from there, which is the masculine, the action taking, but like just taking that pause, just to ask, I feel like, I don't know, again, I don't want to oversimplify it, but I also don't make it rocket science. I'm just kind of curious. What your thoughts? Yeah, but but I think that's so beautiful. And so you've expressed a couple of things. And one thing you just expressed is like your way, right? In, right. Yeah. In bringing the, more of the feminine in. And also what you just pointed to, which is so great, is that there was both an like a inner reflection, what do I need before the action? That's yeah. that kind of that integration of the masculine and feminine. It's you could look at it as every time we're conscious, we're present to the breath, 
we're remembering, you know, the feminine, that, that, that by bringing more presence, I think sometimes it's easier to know when the feminine is absent because that's when we start to be tense (laughs) when we start to really like white knuckle everything that everything is like in control. And it's like, Oh, actually the feminine is in the flow, right? Like she remembers to be in the flow. And it's really funny when you go back to ancient texts and even like the I Ching or the I Ching, some people say that two different ways. I'm always like, how do you say it? (laughs) But, but when you go back to some of these ancient texts, they've always said, you know, the unadulterated ones that we want to actually dwell in the feminine and touch into the masculine, but not to stay there. That actually it's the more feminine energy, because if you remember the feminine and the heroine's journey is a quest for wholeness. And so when we're talking about the whole, it's the interconnected, the masculine is when we need to segment the detail for a moment, or we need to create the action, but then we also want to always come back to the whole before taking that next step. So it's this dance between both, but that the feminine really is that interconnected whole. And that's also interesting when we look at how this plays out in the macrocosm, which you so beautifully kind of juxtaposed the, the micro and the macro earlier, because it goes back to kind of that hermetic expression of as within, so without, right? And when we understand that like the world is a mirror of our own harmony or inharmony or imbalance, and when we look out in the world, we can see as well that mother earth, right, is also kind of waiting for us to remember so that we don't destroy her, you know, that, that she's waiting for us to remember that when we destroy ourselves, when we destroy her, we destroy ourselves, right. That it's all interconnected. And so back to kind of this feminine principle, which is the interconnectedness of all life, you know, it's only like we, to go back to mythology for a moment, the Western patriarchalized mythology has it like we're the center of the universe, but other indigenous cultures don't do that. You know, like they don't center, there's no human supremacy in their world. Mm. Right. So it gets really interesting when you kind of look through different lenses my goodness. Um, whew, I feel like I could, we could talk about this, this all day. I think I want to, um, wrap up with just having a quick discussion on, you know, it's just like, and I'll share some of my own practices and, and ideas, but I, I'm curious to hear yours too. Like, you know, just kind of drilling down. Cause I know my people are like, okay, give me some tools, give me some action steps. I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, I will do yeah. that. But especially as a, it applies to dating and um, relationships and being in relationship with, with another. So I'm just kind of curious to hear um, just some practical tools or maybe one thing that someone can start doing. Okay. So in relationship, right, Veronica? Like in relationship to kind of honor more of the feminine, is that? Yeah. Yeah. And so that we, we don't find ourselves like in this dance of like, having to be the virgin. So we're not the whore, you know what I mean? Like, or I mean, it's yes. really the thought that people have in their minds. Like, but I think that is akin to, you know, I need to be lovable or, or likable, which I think actually is just the modern version of saying like, 
being the virgin versus the whore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so how can we let that dichotomy go using this idea of the divine feminine of our spirituality in our relationships? Yeah. Well, the, the first thing that I would say is a lot of women, a lot of females, we swallow our true needs, Mm -hmm. right? We don't, we don't voice our true needs because we don't want to appear needy. Yeah. And so what I've discovered is kind of the great myth of, of neediness because there's truth and then there's, and there's, there's full self-expression. And I think that if more women were able to recognize that they have the right, literally the right to need, like that, that gets to belong here, that that gets to be okay, that it gets to be even a requirement or a request of like, that we get to say to our our partner or somebody that we're courting or dating, like, I really need to hear back from you. Like, that's really important to me. Like to be able to actually articulate what our needs are and have it get to be here in the space is so much about honoring the feminine. I I like that because I mean, the way I think about feminine masculine is the masculine is like the container and then feminine is the space that takes up the space in the container. Um, mm-hmm, exactly. So I always use like, if I have a call to client, like I always hold up my glass jar, I'm doing it now. And so like the water, I'm holding a glass jar with water in it. And so the water it's moving around a little bit just cause I moved my glass, but I could like, if I had a lid on it, I could like really thrash it and the water could be going like everywhere or it could be really still. And there's everything in between. Mm-hmm. And so I like what you said, because having needs and asking for them is really, it's, it's really ultimately taking up space. Daring to take up space. If more women would dare to take up some space. I mean, the beauty of that is that we discover who can meet us and who can't. Yeah. Yeah. Because not everybody is supposed to be able to meet us. And that is a great way of figuring out, you know, like, can this person meet me here? We're not asking them to, to meet us, you know, like to take up the whole, it's like, meet me halfway. Like yeah. he, he has a need. I have a need, but there's something there that feels really pure and authentic and honest. And I know that there's a lot of game playing in relationships and it's like, that can be fun and it can also be a nightmare. Right. Yeah. And there's just Absolutely. a point where you just get to that place where you're like, look, here's the real deal here. Yeah. I actually need to hear back from you, like in a in a certain period of time, so that I don't, you know, make myself crazy wondering yeah. what the hell just happened to you. Right. Yeah. And knowing and trusting that that other person, that male, that female, whoever you're courting, it doesn't matter if they're male or female, is that we trust that they can accept decline or counter offer like they're creative, resourceful and whole in their own right, but that we're coming in as equals, not as something to fix. Like I'm not incomplete over here. So there's this other way of taking up space that I love, which is actually coming from a place of I'm already whole and complete. Yeah. 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 I mean, as much as I love, um, Oh my God, what is it? Maybe Jerry Maguire. I love, I mean, I'm, I'm like a sucker for rom-coms. Like I'm not going to lie, 
that like the whole <laughs> the whole you complete me thing i'm just like oh <laughs> well and it's it's for me too there's truth to that and then there's also the and mm. right because because it's true that i'm whole and complete and my partner completes me mm. so it both get to be true it's not like we can can't but to start a relationship from a place of I'm broken and I need somebody to fix me is yeah. never going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the truth is, I mean, I would be devastated if something happened to him, but ultimately the truth is I am whole and complete. Like, yeah. and he just makes it that much better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just a way I think that we, get to play with this and to bring the feminine back is like that playful way of kind of finding our way. And there's not a system. It's more of like, there's your way and her way and his way. And it's finding somebody that we can really work with. Yeah. I, I think in summary, just it's, it feels like the ways to be feminine are infinite and we can, you know, breaking out of this mold of being, you know, old or young, skinny or fat, virgin or whore, you know, all these dichotomies that were, you know, sorted out into the more we can break out of that, then that's actually a pretty radical thing. And and that's the process of re-remembering or just and, remembering. And the word that, that comes up underneath all of that is permission. It's like giving ourselves permission to mm -hmm. find our way, to take up space, to see ourselves as whole and complete. It's the permission. It's it's all the ways we limit and omit and hide. It's like not doing that, you know, and, and actually, you know, bringing more of you out into the truth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for having this juicy conversation with us. Um, so where can my listeners find you? So you can go to jointherevelation.com and there actually, if your listeners want to, a great free gift is I've created a woman's bill of rights. It's kind of a really fun way to remember like that we have the right to be everything that we are. So it's a bill of rights and everybody's welcome to download that. And I always encourage everybody to write your own bill of rights. It's a great remembering process. So there's that. And just um, the podcast is the Revelation Project podcast, but I really just want to thank you so much for having me on. And I know we could talk forever. So I'm just yeah. so glad that we got a chance to meet and more to be revealed, right? Yep, totally. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. One more thing. You may be wondering, but Veronica, how do I start doing the deep work? I'm ready to make a shift. If that's you, I recommend you start with my totally free workshop, Five Steps to Ending Overwhelm and Anxiety in Dating. The good news is that you don't have to do all the things to find love. This workshop will walk you through the five big shifts that'll give you the biggest bang for your buck. You'll learn a step-by-step -step game plan to finally get unstuck and unblocked in love and end the cycle of dead-end relationships. You'll learn the number one reason most highly successful, motivated, and ambitious women struggle in love and what you can do to make sure it doesn't happen to you. 
You'll learn how to figure out the real reason you're attracting partners who aren't emotionally available or toxic or just simply not on your intellectual or emotional level. And you'll also learn the single most effective way to tap into the inner confidence you feel in your career and elsewhere in your life so that it'll carry over into your love life. And of course, a lot more. If you're ready to shift things in your life, I seriously can't wait for you to get your hands on this. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop to sign up. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find the show notes to this episode and all previous episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review the show. It really helps. I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Yuffie X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris and MopMaster dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.